Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 50 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I'm your host, Luke Algerson. Three topics today, unpopular opinion. Let's get right into it. Topic number one, the NBA All-Star starters have been announced. That's right. The All-Star game is going to take place on one night. All the events happen in one night, March 7th, four days before my birthday. The All-Star coverage begins at 5 p.m., and then we're going to have the Skills Challenge first, and then the three-point contest starting at 6.30 Eastern time, and then the All-Star game itself will take place at 8 p.m. Eastern time with the dunk contest happening at halftime. But the starters were announced today here, February 18th of 2021. Let's break it down who the starters are in the Western Conference. The league leader for MVP, the best player in the league, the Western Conference captain, the one LeBron James. That's right, his 17th All-Star game. He's just been phenomenal this year. The Lakers have the second best record in the league, and they've been incredible. And he's been nothing short of spectacular as well. This is his 17th All-Star game, third most in NBA history behind only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who has 19, and Kobe Bryant, who has 18. James, however, is the leading scorer in the All-Star game with 385 points, and you know he's going to keep moving that record up, even though he won't, as he said, be there mentally, but he'll be there physically and isn't excited about the All-Star game one bit. But consecutive All-Star, 17 straight years of being (laughs) an All-Star. That's a record. In and of itself, I mean, just unbelievable, totally deserving, totally worthy, the one King James, your Western Conference captain. At guard of the Golden State Warriors, Stephen Curry. I mean, he's playing like his MVP self from a few years ago when he won unanimous MVP, the only one in league history. It's his seventh All-Star game. I'm, what's he, second in scoring in the league at 30 points even. I, greatest shooter of all time. Greatest shooter of all time. He's shooting 49% from the field, 42% from three, 93% from the free throw line. Like I said, 30 points, six assists, five rebounds, averaging over a steal a game. Chef Kurt, I'm, he's just sick. It's absolutely sick to watch him play. He's, he's been phenomenal for Golden State, who's actually been pretty decent this year, surprisingly. Surprisingly, to say the least, because, you know, they struggled out of the gates. But Steph Curry, still the MVP. I think he's the third best player in the league, more than deserving to being in the All-Star game. They're 16-13 and 13 overall on a little two-game winning streak. Curry's already dropped over, fit, what, 54 this year? I'm, he's just great. Absolutely incredible. So definitely deserving. Here's the guy who big fan of. The Dallas Mavericks guard, Luka Doncic, he was selected as the shooting, as the uh, other two guard for the uh, all-star starters. And I will say, well, we'll get to it in a second, but, you know, he's been good this year. Actually, no, we're going to talk about it right this second. Damian Lillard got snubbed. Damian Lillard should be ahead of Luka Doncic and should be starting in the all-star game over him. 
Annette, now let's compare the stats right off it. So Damian's third in the league. He's averaging 29.8 points a game. Luca, you know, he's averaging a nice 29 points a game himself. So, you know, pretty close right there. Uh, what do we got here? Lillard shoots 54% from the field, uh, 38% from three. He averages seven assists, four rebounds. You know, chips in a steal, and then his per is 27.14. Luca, you know, averaging 29, like I sh- said, shoots 47% from the field, 33% from three, uh, averages nine assists, eight rebounds, and chips in a steal himself. But look at the record. Look who has been more impactful to his team's success. The Portland Trailblazers, who are currently missing their second and third best players, respectively, of C.J. McCollum and Josef Nurkic. And Damian Lillard has the Portland Trailblazers on a six-game winning streak, 18-10 and 10 overall, five and a half back from the one-seeded Jazz, and they're the four-seed, the four-seed in the Western Conference. I mean, Damian Lillard needs to be considered for MVP. Put him in the conversation. He's incredible. I've watched a lot of Portland Trailblazers basketball, and I've watched a lot of Dallas Mavericks basketball as well. Love Luka. Mavericks are my team. But Damian Lillard has been more impactful to winning. 100%. Here's something for you. Um, let's see. He's first in clutch points. 63% from the field in the clutch. That, that's Damian Lillard. 58% from three in the clutch. <laughs> 100% from the free throw line in the clutch. 12-3 and three record in the clutch. All of those are first place. Um, he's been in crunch time. Damian Lillard comes through. He delivers. The other night, I saw Luka miss a wide-open game-winning shot against the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> and it's a shot Luka probably makes nine times out of ten, but he missed. Damian Lillard has hit multiple game-winners this year. He, he should be starting over Luka, but Luka got the nod. And Like I said, I'm a Mavericks fan. I like Luka. But I say right now, at this current point in the NBA... Damian Lillard is the sixth best player in the world and should be starting in the All-Star game. Pretty disrespectful that he's not. But with that being said, Luka, he's getting in. Big fan of his. Like, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to say he doesn't deserve it because he is more than deserving. He's a great player. But it's his second selection. I mean, what is he, 20? <laughs> Jesus. But still think Damian Lillard should have got it. But nonetheless, Luka is going to be starting. The forward position with LeBron. At one spot, Kawhi Leonard, his fifth all-star selection. I mean, the Clippers, they're the three seed right now. Kawhi Leonard, doing pretty, it's doing well this year. You know, I haven't heard much about the Clippers, but that's kind of a good thing. The drama's focusing on the Nets, Lakers, you know. I think it's better if the Clippers stay out of the limelight and, you know, can work their way, get, see if they can figure it out. But Kawhi. 26.7 points a game, five rebounds, 1.8 steals. Uh, he's clearly the leader of the Clippers as far as the best player. I think he's the fourth best player in the world. More than deserving of being an all-star. Great selection. And then the fifth guy, best center in the league, uh, that would be Nikola Jokic. Third all-star. Uh, finally, three straight seasons where he's made it. He's the first Denver player to do that since Carmelo 
Anthony did it with the Denver Nuggets. Look, Jokic, what is he? I don't know. He's is he the best passing big man ever? Like already? Like of all the seven footers who've ever played basketball in the existence of the NBA or ABA or whatever league or on this planet Earth, Yos Nikola Jokic is the best passer ever for a big man. Who who has vision like that? Who makes passes like that? Nobody else. And I think he's the best center in the league. He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Denver has struggled a little this year, I will say. I do factor winning into this, but I think Denver, you know, 15 and 13, I just, they should be better, but Jokic is, uh, he's just incredible. <laughs> I don't under, he's literally Dirk Nowitzki, but can pass. Like that's what, and and a better rebounder. He leads he leads the Nuggets in every statistical category, major that is, with 27 points a game, 11 rebounds, 8.6 assists, 1.6 steals, and 0.6 blocks. I mean, guy's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, more than deserving. Let's go over to the Eastern Conference. Your captain for them would be one returning from the injury. Forward for the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant. It's his eleventh selection. I mean, he's been he's been stupendous for them. You know, I thought he would thought they'd rest him a little more. He is he hasn't played in a minute, but God, when he is out there, second best player in the world, he's great. I mean, he's Kevin Durant. What more needs to be said? He's like the most prolific scorer of all time. He's just for this Nets, he's the difference maker for the Nets, in my opinion. Like, I know they got Kyrie, I know they got James Harden, but Kevin Durant is what drives their team to, like, championship level. I don't believe that James Harden and Kyrie Irving could win a championship by themselves. I don't. I haven't seen James Harden win a championship with another guard and be successful. He's been successful, but not, you know, fantastic. You know, they haven't made it to the finals or anything. But I, I think Kevin Durant is really what the Nets, he's the driving force of the Nets. And I don't want to diminish what Harden and Kyrie bring because <laughs> Kyrie Irving also made the all-star game. Um, and you could debate James Harden should have been nominated as well. And, you know, Kyrie Irving with his seventh selection, uh, third, um, third with a different team. You know, that's rarely ever been done. I just, he's, both of them are great, and I do enjoy Kyrie. You know, they're both two of the most prolific scorers in NBA history. Kyrie Irving has the best handles of anyone ever. I just, they're more than deserving, both of them. Nets, I mean, I think they're the front runners in the Eastern Conference, and it's because of that three-headed monster, of two of which will be starting in the All-Star game. And uh, the other guard, you know, winning does matter. But if your team is so terrible that even when you score 40, your team still loses by 30, what more can you do? And that would be Mr. Bradley Beal, who's going through that with the Washington Wizards. He, I think he deserves to be starting over James Harden in, in the All-Star game. And he's the league leader in score, 32.8 points a game, shooting 40%. 
47% from the field. I mean, the team just sucks. The Wizards are terrible. They're averaging five assists, five rebounds. Just over a steal a game. I'm, they're just so bad. Even with Westbrook, they have no one else. Absolutely no one. They're just, they're just pitiful. They're so bad. Bradley Beal could have an unreal night of triple-double, 50-point game, and they would still lose by 50. <laughs> when he scores 30, they lose by 30. That's just what happens with Bradley Beal. It's a damn shame, but he's an unbelievable player, unbelievable talent, and deserves to be starting in the All-Star game. At the other forward spots, start with Giannis Antetokounmpo, the back-to-back MVP, fifth consecutive year he's made it to the All-Star game. Uh, he's got the highest scoring average in All-Star game history at 27.3 points a game. Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, he always puts on a show in the All-Star game. Everyone does, but, you know, he has some crazy highlights for sure. But Bucks, you know, they've struggled when Drew Holiday has been out. According to my Bucks source, 1-6 without Holiday. Now 1-7 tonight after the Raptors' loss. Um, but Giannis is more than deserving. The two-time MVP, the Greek freak, he's, you know, he's still doing his damn thing. You know, the Bucks, the Bucks have struggled a little bit, but he's still averaging 28 points, shoot 56% from the field, 11 rebounds a game, six assists, over a block, over a steal a game. I mean, he's still Giannis and Tedekumpo. He just needs to develop that outside shot. That's all he needs to do. Just develop the outside jumper. It's what hurt LeBron early in his career. It's something that hurts Giannis right now. If he just learns how to shoot a mid, even a mid-range, if he just developed a mid-range jump shot, no problem. But he needs to just be able to expand the floor for him to really take it to the next level. But more than deserving to be an all-star. And then the final guy for the Eastern Conference as your all-star is the leader of the Philadelphia 76ers who still, as of this moment, have the best record in the Eastern Conference. And uh, Joel Embiid, second-best center in the league behind Jokic, so I'm glad he's starting. I mean, he just needs to stay healthy. It's the only thing with him. When he's out there on the floor, literally unguardable. He can shoot threes. He can post you up. He plays good defense. I mean, just Joel Embiid is an absolute monster when he can stay healthy. And he started in four consecutive All-Star games. Hasn't been done since the one and only Allen Iverson, who started seven straight. So Joel Embiid, you know, when he plays, when healthy, he's one of the most dominant forces in the NBA. He just he needs to stay healthy. But, I mean, he's fourth in the league in scoring as a center. As a center, 29.7 points a game, 11 rebounds, three assists. Shoots 54% from the field, just a shade under 40% from three. He's 7'2". He's an absolute monster out there. So, Joel Embiid deserving. So, to run it down, in the Western Conference, you got the one and only LeBron James, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard in the Eastern Conference Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Uh, I'm excited for All-Star Weekend. I'm probably more excited than the players are because it's, yeah, for my entertainment, I enjoy watching. It's a chance for the NBA to make money. So, you know, 
Suck it up, players. Let's make it fun, huh? Let's enjoy ourselves a little bit, huh? Let's get after it. All right, moving on. Topic number two. Biggest news of the day, uh, I would say in terms of sports. Forget the All-Star game. It's got to be Carson Wentz being traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, it was only a matter of time. Only a matter of time. The trade rumors have been circling for a while. It was all but inevitable that Carson Wentz was not going to be playing for the Eagles in this upcoming season. Just wasn't going to happen. I saw no chance of it happen, and I will say I'm thankful this news broke and it didn't involve the Chicago Bears. Bears, finally you made a right decision. You've made a lot of terrible, awful decisions that have put the organization back years but signing, not trading for Carson Wentz was a great decision. Good job. I will say that. Other than that with this trade, I mean, I don't think the Eagles, I think the Colts didn't give up that much. And they gave up a third-round pick this year. That'll be the 85th pick. And then a 2022 second-round pick, uh, which could turn into a first-rounder. I mean, that's not much. Two draft picks for a guy who's... Mm, not looking great, who will make $128 million after he signed an extension is guaranteed $10 million as a roster bonus that's due March 19th. I mean, but the Eagles are taking, taking, taking on a lot of money to get rid of this guy. A lot of money. Holy smokes. Three, $33.8 million in dead cap. That's the largest dead cap hit any team has ever ever taken for a player. There, get this through your head, people. Carson Wentz is being paid $33 million <laughs> by a team he doesn't play for. How great is that? Well, good for him. Not so much the Eagles, but I'm not sold on Carson Wentz. I'm really not. You know, he was an MVP consideration, what, four years ago? I feel like that Super Bowl run was an eternity ago. When did they win? 2017 was four years ago. It's been a long time since we've seen Carson Wentz be super successful on the football field. Goes through a lot of injuries. He doesn't stay healthy. Inconsistent play. Clearly, we've seen that over the few years. He's two seasons where he's played all 16 games, and then what was that? One season where he got he gets hurt every playoffs. I mean, he's not healthy. He just isn't. I mean, in last year, too, like every year before he had been completing the ball over 60% of his throws. Last year, 57.4. 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, six lost fumbles, and he only played 12 games. 12 games, and he had six fumbles. He's fumbling every other game. 15 picks, he's throwing at least one interception a game. Ah. I think the Eagles did themselves a favor by getting rid of this guy. Is Jalen Hurts the future? I like that they're giving him a chance. And they need to because they don't have the money to pay any other quarterback. But I think they made the right decision of giving the organization to Hurts. Now, maybe they draft a quarterback. Maybe they trade up. Maybe they do do something. But at this point, Jalen Hurts is QB1 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Colts, I think this move does make sense for them. I mean, Phillip Rivers retired. I don't think they were in true Super Bowl contention with Phillip Rivers as your starting quarterback. 
So is Wentz an upgrade over Phillip Rivers? No. No, I don't think so. But the Colts are already a good team. If maybe they could turn around Wentz as a player, because he's shown he can be successful. We haven't seen a lot of it, but he's shown it. I mean, he, people considered him, I'll even say it, I last year considered Carson Wentz better than Dak Prescott. How disrespectful of me to say that. Carson Wentz is just, oof. I don't think he's very good at all. I'll be shocked if he can turn it around with the Colts, you know. New system, new coach. I mean, clearly they believe in him. And maybe it'll help. Maybe the fresh start will do something right. You know, the head coach, Frank Wright, recruited Carson Wentz. Uh, He was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. So, I mean, they got a good relationship there. If anyone's going to turn around his career and show what he can be, it's a guy who already coached him and was successful with him for a little bit. But gosh, it's a long time since he's been a for, uh, <laughs> an MVP candidate. And they benched him for a rookie. Jalen Hurts is a rookie, and they at some point were like, nah, the rookie's better. We got a better chance of winning with the rookie than we do with what Carson Wentz is doing. But one year doesn't define a player, so maybe he can prove me wrong. Good luck, Carson Wentz. You're going to need it because you're going to have your hands full in Indianapolis. Moving on, topic number three. Major League Baseball, the 2021 season has officially begun as pitchers and catchers reported to spring training facilities across the country. That's right, in the great state of Arizona and the great state of Florida is where it'll take, where the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League will take place for spring training. It's begun. Pitchers and catchers reported over the last two days, that being February 17th and 18th. The full rosters will be there February 22nd and the 23rd. (laughs) Let's go. It's go time, people. Major League Baseball already begun. We're going to have 162 glorious games being played by each team for this season. Full season. You know, postseason isn't expanded yet. Maybe they come to an agreement and do expand the postseason, but as of right now, it's going to go back to the uh, format. Five teams playing game between the four or five to play the one. So uh, let's go. I mean, spring training. It's right. It, it's begun. It has already begun. If games get underway the 28th, All 30 teams will be in action. The Cactus League will play 28 games over 30 days, while the Grapefruit League will play either 24 or 28 games over 30 days uh, with regionalized matchups. So here in Florida specifically, if they're on the Atlantic side, only Atlantic teams will play each other. And if they're on the west side, the Gulf side, then those teams will all play each other. And can't wait. I can't wait. Hopefully I can go to some games. We're here in Florida. They might allow fans. And let this be known, the Toronto Blue Jays will be starting their season in Dunedin, Florida at their spring training facility. So when baseball kicks off, their first game will be played at their spring training facility for the Major League Baseball season. Opening day is scheduled for April 1st. All 30 teams are slated to be in action. Uh, Bang, bang. Like I said, regular season will be all 162 games, no shortened season. Mm, mm, mm. It's going to run through April 1st through October 3rd. Uh, let's see if they get every game in. I don't know if they'll be able to. You know, COVID had a bit of an effect last year in a shortened season. 
you know, baseball has a lot of rosters. They're going to be playing in their home stadiums. At this point, no neutral site for the postseason as of yet. But it would be interesting to see if they go back to that and create a bubble for the postseason, depending on where we are with COVID, come all the way October, November. But there will also be an all-star game for Major League Baseball happening July 13th in Atlanta, where the Braves play. Trust Park. Interesting how both the NBA and MLB All-Star games are taking place in Atlanta. I mean, Georgia must be doing something, even though the governor or mayor or whoever of Atlanta doesn't want people to gather for the NBA All-Star game. I imagine the same thing applies to the MLB All-Star game. But yeah, that'll take place July 13th. Like I said, postseason hasn't been scheduled as of yet. So at this point, if nothing comes to, if they don't come to an agreement on expanded, obviously, like I said, it'll go back to the five teams. I mean, I like the expanded postseason. More of a chance for upsets. The best teams need to advance. I want the ridiculous to happen. Baseball already has one of the best postseasons, if not the best, because it's the toughest to pick and gauge who's actually going to win in October, November. It's by far the most unpredictable of all of professional sports. Maybe hockey is the only one that's all, the other one that in team sports that's in consideration with their postseason. But baseball, by far, is the most unpredictable. And it, yeah, Dodgers were a safe pick this last year, but you just go back and look at some of the winners. There have been a lot of teams that come out of nowhere, like the Tampa Bay Rays. They pay their roster $30 million a year. It, the entire roster, and yet they're in the World Series forcing game six against the Dodgers. Possibly could have gone longer if Kevin Cash didn't take out Blake Snell. But hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, but yeah, Major League Baseball season. It begins. I'm excited. Let's go. Let's go. And now for my unpopular opinion. College basketball is dead. That's right. I said it. Someone had to say it. College basketball, I have no interest in it. None whatsoever. And, and now maybe I'm just, you know, going off of too much recency bias because I'm sure people still watch college basketball. I don't know anyone who has sat down and could tell me who the top teams are, who the top players are, but I'm sure there are people out there. But it just... It's not interesting at all. And I think a big part about it is no fans in the stands. Like, college basketball is great for the rivalries, the atmosphere, the ambiance of college basketball is what makes it exciting. You know, the student sections, the the bands being there, it just, you know, the energy of what a crowd brings to college basketball makes it exciting. When there's no fans in the stands, it's tough to watch. I think I've watched like a grand total of four minutes of college basketball. I think I threw on like a Illinois game once, and that was it. I think like I've glanced at it at restaurants, but even then, like I'm looking for any other sport other than college basketball. I'll watch it if I'm at a restaurant or a bar and it just happens to be on the TV, but I have no interest in the game, the players, who's in it, nothing. I just... I have no interest. And I, uh, the, another reason I think it's dying, not just because what's going on right now during the pandemic and like that, but players are not, there are no like true superstars in college basketball anymore. 
College basketball players used to be household names. The most watched basketball game ever is a college basketball game in which Magic Johnson played Larry Bird. That's the most watched basketball game ever is college. Like, college should bring a different energy, but I don't think people are into college basketball anymore. If there's someone out there, let me know. If you enjoy college basketball more than the NBA, hit me up. Let me know, plead your case of why college basketball is better, but I think it's headed in the wrong direction. There's no household names. The blue bloods aren't what they used to be. I mean, guys are guys don't want to be there. Latest guy to you know skip out early, Jalen Johnson. He played for Duke. He's a freshman. You know, was was getting a little minutes, wasn't starting. Uh came into the this year as the 13th ranked recruit in his class and uh, was one of the reasons that Duke had the highest um, draft class ranking this year. But, you know, they're not going to make the tournament, so that goes all to nothing. But he thinks it's better to opt out and prepare for the uh, NBA draft. So he's leaving school to prepare for the NBA draft. So he thinks it's better to train than to play college basketball games under one of the greatest coaches ever in Coach K. He thinks that's a better idea. Just think, think about that. He thinks training would be better than actually playing games. And, and you just look at it. A lot of guys are going to the G League. They literally have a whole G League team of just recruits. A lot of guys are going overseas now, not even worrying about college basketball, getting paid for their services. I mean, it's the one profession where you're not allowed to go right into it at 18. You know, if you're if you're big enough, I I guess the NFL too. But God, you know, you can go into the army. You can get a job anywhere you want. You can go into school. You can do anything at 18, except I guess for be a professional basketball player, or at least go into the NBA. Uh, th- they're going to change the collective bargaining agreement once that comes around. But I mean, college basketball is just headed in the wrong direction. I think these players are realizing that they're being taken advantage of. They're superstar players. I think college basketball, however, will always have a place because, you know, what, 98% of all college basketball players aren't going to go pro. Not a lot of them go pro. There's only 500 NBA players in the entire league. And not enough roster spots for them, and not enough guys are good enough to make it to the NBA. So there's only a select few. But superstars still run college basketball. Like, you become household names with college basketball. It's where Steph Curry got his start. Like, remember guys like Jimmer Fredette, Tyler Hansborough, all those random, no-good-for-nothing Duke players like Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Just these guys who just, you know them as just college basketball players, and that's who they are. And you love, like Christian Leitner is a perfect example, just like a strict college player who just, you know, had an okay career in the NBA, but you remember him for his time at Duke. There aren't guys like that anymore who are definitively college basketball players. Like I said, I couldn't name one guy in college basketball this year. Frankly, I didn't even know who Jalen Johnson was until I saw this story, and which led me to believe that college basketball is dying because guys don't want to be there. And like, I was just thinking, it was like, name one college basketball player. I can't name one. 
Couldn't name one. I, I couldn't even guess a name. Like, I'm sure there's some Rick Smith out there. But, God, I just... I just have no interest in college basketball. I don't think a lot of people do. We'll see in the tournament. I'm, I think they'll get... They're going to get the money they want. You know, with TV advertisement, they'll pay those dollars. I mean, when basketball is on all day, every day for a little bit, yeah, people are going to tune in. But I think the viewership will be way down. Again, like, who really has interest in college basketball? I don't think... I think it's... It's limited. I bet if I looked up the ratings, they're not doing well at all. Not well at all. It, mm. it, NCAA needs to do something. They need to figure something out. Like change how they conduct business. Change how they see these athletes. S- something needs to be done because it's... And I don't want to just be, you know, go off recency bias here because I think eventually we will get back to full stadiums at some point. You got to think so. With vaccines being rolled out, you know, figuring out more about the virus, we're just going to have to live with it. And I think people will just take the chance. And eventually, I think we're going to get to the point where we have full stadiums. But even then, when that comes back and we still have that at college basketball games, I still don't find myself tuning in too often to college basketball. I just, I just, I just don't. I really think it's headed in the wrong direction. And this Jalen Johnson news just shows that college basketball is dying. And that's the end of episode 50 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Thanks for listening. You know, check me out on social media. Feel free to hit me up if you ever want to talk sports or, you know, let me know certain topics you want me to talk about. More episodes to come. It's been a hectic 2021, but it's no excuse. I got to give the people what they want. And what they want is more episodes. So stay locked in because more episodes to come. I promise. All right. I'm out. Peace. Peace.